Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We have a new, sh- a new show every Monday and Thursday on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. I speak with amazing people around the world. I interview pastors, leaders, prophets, incredible people. My wife comes on with me often. We break down revelation with the Lord speaking to us. Um, you know, during this time, I do solo shows. I break down the word of God, you know, bring some teachings. And so it's an honor. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, if you've been blessed by this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, tell your friends and family. And so I am currently, this is part two of a series. I'm not even sure how many parts it's going to be. We're just going to be led by the spirit here on this one. But, um, what I started is a series on the Song of Songs, and I'm not going to go through all eight chapters of Song of Songs. I'm not going to break down verse by verse, but I really feel in my heart that this is meant to be more devotional for you. And so in the first part, I just laid a foundation of my experience with the book Song of Songs, how at first it really didn't do much in my life. It, it didn't understand it. It didn't connect with me. But then I went through a season in my life where I was struggling with performance and striving and with sin with sin issues, and I was trying to in my power, my abilities to overcome, and I just absolutely couldn't. And then the Lord would just pour out his love and his grace and he began to speak to me through Song of Songs and he would, in my moments of feeling unworthy, he would he would say life-giving, encouraging things to me that he would see me for who he has made me to be, for who he has called me to be. He wouldn't see me for my weaknesses. You know, I'm not my weakness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ and he sees no blemish in me and the scriptures, especially in Song of Songs and the Gospel of John and First John and and uh, the epistles of Paul really ministered to me in deep ways. And so I laid a foundation just talking about the Song of Songs. And I broke down, it was verse, uh, it was chapter one, verse two, talking about the love of God being more intoxicating than wine and how the love of God is greater. The pleasure of God's presence is greater than any carnal, temporal pleasure that this world has to offer. And then we had a little bit of time of prayer at the end, and that's my desire here. I want to show you scriptures, pull some key scriptures out of the Song of Songs that I believe, well, first of all, these scriptures have transformed the way I view the Lord and how I walk with the Lord, and it's helped me abide with Him on a daily basis, you know, because the Bible tells us, abide in Jesus, abide in him. Jesus talks about it in John 15 and in first John, you know, the apostle John tells us to abide in the Lord so that we will not be ashamed at his coming, spend time in his presence, abide in his presence, walk with him. And so I'm going to talk about two scriptures here today. It's going to be a brief show and I'm just going to break down these scriptures in the song of songs. And then we're just going to end this with prayer. And so this is song of songs two, verse 14. All right. This is song of songs, chapter two, verse 14. And this is the Lord speaking to us, his church, the bride. Oh, my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret place of the steep pathway, let me see your form. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Oh, my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret place of the steep pathway, let me see your form. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. This is for all the people who do not feel like the Lord views us as lovely and the Lord does not uh, deem our prayers to be sweet. That is not the case at all. This shows you in this scripture that the Lord, he wants to hear from you. He wants to see you. He wants to see you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to be with you more than you want to speak with him, more than you want to be with him. Your heart is crying out to be with the Lord and to know the Lord. But this is the heart cry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he calls you a dove. A dove is a, it's, it's white. It's pure. He's seeing you as pure. And he's not just calling you any dove. He's saying my dove, you are mine. He is saying, you are mine, 
Okay, and he's proud to call you his own. He died and he sh- and he shed his sacred blood. He went to that cross. He was stripped naked. He was he was uh, humiliated. He hung on that cross, the most brutal form of torture. He did that so he could have you. It was his idea, not your idea. He would rather go to hell and 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 experience your sin and your death and his own body than live in heaven without you. You are his. We are his possession. We are his holy people. We are a holy nation. And so he says, you are my dove, my pure one. He says in other parts of scripture, how beautiful you are, my darling. He said that you are mine. You are my dove. So he sees us pure. And then it says here that in the cleft of the rock, Jesus is the rock. Many places in scripture, a rock is our God. A rock is Jesus. And the cleft of a rock, that is a cut open rock. Okay, in the cleft, it's an opening inside of the rock. And we know that Jesus was split open on our behalf. He died so that we can be near to God and experience the presence of God. And so he said, in the cleft of the rock, come into the cleft of the rock. The, the it's talking about the woundings of Jesus, that Jesus was wounded so that we could have intimacy with God. We could approach God boldly and confidently. This is prophetic. This is declaring. This is before Jesus ever came to earth and died and rose on our behalf. But this is talking about, come, my dove, in the cleft of the rock. Get inside the wounds of Jesus. Get inside of Jesus. Come into Jesus and come into the secret place place. Okay. The Lord more than ministry, more than works, you know, more than going out on the mission field and pastoring and anywhere, every kind of calling that God may give you. It's more, God wants it to start in the secret place of the steep pathway, a pathway that goes down, a path that, that, that goes deeper. We go deeper and deeper into the heart of God. And that is our pathway. And then this is what he says, let me see your form. He wants to see us. He wants to hear our voice. He says, your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. So he enjoys you. Even if you don't enjoy yourself, even if you dislike yourself, he enjoys you. He says, you are lovely. He says, you are sweet. You are amazing. You excite him. When you come into the presence of God, whether you come in boldly or whether you come in and you, and you feel weak and you feel broken, you feel disturbed, you have no clue what to do, and you're lacking confidence. God is not lacking confidence in you. And when you begin to understand that, no, God wants me to approach him boldly. No, God, um, he loves my prayers. He loves hearing my prayers. They're not filthy to him. They're not, you know, as powerful as this person's prayers. They're stop comparing ourselves to other people. No, the Lord thinks you're sweet. Your form is lovely. He wants to hear from you. He died so you can come into the rock. You could come into Jesus and he sees you pure, and you are his. It's powerful. When you really begin to understand that, it is powerful. We need to see prayer not only as a spiritual discipline, as something that we, ha- we, we have to do, but it's, it's what we get to do. Um, when, you, when you see prayer as a place of meeting, like it says in the book of Exodus, that there was a tent of meeting, and that's where the Israelites, Moses and the Israelites, went to the tent of meeting to experience the glory and the presence of God. It's You got to see prayer as a tent of meeting, a place to meet with God, to meet with the lover of your soul, to meet with your best friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus said, you are no longer slaves, but you are my friends. And it's meeting with your Abba, your daddy, your Papa, your father in heaven. Okay, this is prayer. It's not meant to be mechanical. It's not meant to be a discipline only. Okay, prayer is the meeting of lovers. It's friends, best friends coming together. It's you meeting with your father and spending time with him, enjoying him. And you're not just enjoying him and spending time with him. He's spending time with you and he's enjoying you. 
Okay, and so that scripture was huge in my life. And I'm going to read also from Song of Songs 4, verse 7. Chapter 4, verse 7. And this one is huge in me, uh, huge for me as well. But this is a Lord speaking to his bride. You are altogether beautiful, my darling, and there is no blemish in you. You need to understand that God sees past your sins, sees through your shortcomings and imperfections into a pure heart that wants only to honor and adore him. We think the Lord's only seeing what we do wrong. The Lord is only seeing what we do physically and naturally. The Lord doesn't just see our actions and, you know, maybe the corrupt thoughts we have, but he sees even deeper. He sees into a pure heart that hates sin, that doesn't want to struggle, that doesn't want to, you know, disobey him. You know, and sometimes we struggle in our mind with certain thoughts, depressing thoughts, perverted thoughts, whatever, greedy thoughts, selfish thoughts, whatever it may be. And we think that, oh, God sees my thoughts and they're so wicked and corrupt to him. God must be displeased with my thought life. And yes, it's good to say, God, analyze me. If there be any wicked way in me, Lord, please just, just, I, I repent if there's any wicked way in me and lead me down the path of everlasting. That is good to repent and to ask and to, and to ask the Lord, Lord, lead me down the right path. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to be this way. But overall, we need to understand that he sees through that. He sees through the struggle. He sees through the sin into a pure heart that hates it. Do you hate sin? Do you, if you had, if sin was as easy as turning off a light switch, you know, turning on a light switch, excuse me, would you do it? If it was as easy as, you know what, it's awfully dark in here, let me just flip this switch, and you never sit another day in your life, would you do it? If the answer is yes, then your heart is so pure. Your heart is so pure, and the Lord loves your heart. He sees no blemish in you. He doesn't see a spot on the inside of you. He sees his righteousness. He sees his son. He sees the beauty of of Jesus on the inside of you. He sees you totally one with the Lord, your personality, who you are, who he made you to be in total oneness with him and the, and who you are to him is amazing. And so that is absolutely important. I remember one time when I was in Bible school and I was in the front and I was worshiping and this is the same time that the Lord was really breaking open revelation for me out of the book of song of songs. But I remember it was a time of worship and the Holy spirit was flowing so mightily at Christ for the nations. And you know, it was one of those, you know, they usually do one worship song and then a class, but I wound up going into two or three songs just because the presence and glory of God was just so tangible and so thick that, you know, there was like, we can't, we can't quench the spirit here. We need to just go in. We need to, we need to honor this and host the presence of God. And I remember the anointing being so tangible. And, um, I remember my thought processes got really just, I started thinking all these worldly thoughts in my brain and I couldn't, I was fighting during worship. I was tangibly feeling the presence of God, but my thoughts were getting off track. And then I started to condemn myself and beat myself up and say like, Lord, like, why are my thoughts? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to fight these thoughts off, but I can't. And now I'm just fighting with guilt and condemnation for having those thoughts. And then when the worship you know, service was over, I sat down in my chair and the, and the session speaker came up to talk. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Lord, how come your presence did not leave me? How come your anointing and your presence did not lift? Even though my thought processes were wicked, they were not right and they were not pure before you. And I'll never forget what the Lord said to me. He said, son, I looked past your thoughts into a pure heart that loves me, adores me, and wants nothing to do with those thought processes. Just because you were struggling does not mean that you need to own it, identify with it, and I see past those things into a pure heart that loves me more than anything else. And it wrecked me in the best way. That was like, wow. I just, it made me understand the goodness of God, 
the kind intentions of his heart, that he is a God that isn't quick to judge, quick to punish, quick to blame. He is a God and he's slow to anger, the Bible says, and abounding in loving kindness. Like this is what we need to know about the Lord. And so I want to pray for you. And um, just based on these two scriptures here, I just believe the Lord just wants to wash over you and he wants to give you a right perspective of God. And so, Lord, I just thank you right now that you consider us yours and that we are your pure ones. And I just thank you for the finished work of Christ, that he became our sins so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ. And no matter what we do in the natural, you see past that into a pure heart and you see the finished work of Jesus. And that's not a justification to sin. That's not promoting sin in the life of believers. It's saying, why would I even want to sin if God's so good? If his love is so amazing and so extraordinary and transformational, why would I even want to do that? But Lord, you're inviting the listener right now into the secret place. You love them. You want to hear their voice. You want to see their form. You are excited and you are exuberant in your joy and your happiness when it comes to them coming to you, praying to you, entering into your presence, Lord. And I just thank you that you see past the thoughts, you see past the struggle into a pure heart and you say there is no blemish in you, my son, no blemish in you, my daughter, no blemish in you, my bride. That is the heart of the Lord. And so right now, I just thank you, Father, that you are just washing away every bit of self-condemnation and guilt, every performance mentality, and that they would see a smile on your face and that they would hear these words, that there is no blemish in you, that you they would get revelation as they read through the Song of Songs and these words would speak directly to their heart and it would break down every lie, every chain of bondage in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is part two of a multi-part series. And so thank you for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. If you've been blessed by the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, challenged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys. And I'll see you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. 
lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you. Thank you.